The NBA Odds Pod on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Las Vegas may be closed, but the MyBookie Casino is open 24-7. They're also home to the free $10,000 Blackjack Madness Tournament. Use the promo code SGP to receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets. That's promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. We're also brought to you by DGen Madness. We're giving away $3,000 in our virtual NCAA tournament. The games will be streamed live with SGP commentary and betting lines from mybookie.ag. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash contest for all the info. And finally, we're brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. Hello, hello, hello. I'm your host, Ryan McKee, and this is NBA Odds Pod on the SGPN. Just wanted to jump on for a quick introduction before our episode begins. Today I have on Kurt Neal. He's a very talented uh, comedian, writer, actor, and former high school athlete. Um, <laughs> I know what you're thinking, like, uh, so what, a bunch of us were former high school athletes. Well, uh, Kurt recently started posting some videos online called the Kurt Locker. Uh, Get it? Kind of like the Hurt Locker. And in his first one, he makes the bold confession that he was a high school jock uh, while wearing his Letterman jacket. And and it gave me the idea to interview him about his high school athletic career. You know, it's weird. It's it's tongue-in-cheek, but it, it turned out that that Kirk does have some very funny stories about being called a being called a bitch by future NFL quarterback Derek Anderson, and he also had a one arm baseball coach in high school. Um, I will say this this episode is is unlike anything I've put out before. And and here's the thing: when I worked for the Late Late Show with James Corden, I shared my office with two other guys. Shout out to Tyler White and Adam Abramson, and, and we. The three of us all know Kirk, and he's the guy in entertainment who we can't figure out why he's not more wildly successful. He's got a very unique way of looking at things, and I think you'll hear that in this episode. It's it's not necessarily like a laugh a minute, but and I've really enjoyed it. And while it not be uh, why it might not be for everyone, I hope you give it a try and see what you think. You know, we talk about high school sports, we talk about the NBA horse tournament, we talk about. Uh, Trailblazers fandom because he's a Trailblazers fan. We talk about Oregon Ducks women's basketball and their star uh, Sabrina Ionescu, and, and then we talk. The last eight minutes or so is just Kirk telling some stories about his rec baseball team called the Bandits. So yeah, we didn't get to gambling talk, which is what the show is supposed to be about. I realize, but it's just the way the state of things are right now in this weird world. Um, so give it a give it a listen. I think it's a lot of fun, and it'll take your mind off the current state of things, and I'd love to hear what you think. So, uh, okay, let's go. I am lucky enough to be joined today by a premier high school former athlete, Kurt Neal. How's it going, Kurt? What's up, dude? Good. How you doing? I'm well. I'm well. You locking it down up in Oregon, right? Yeah, for sure, dude. I'm living uh, back in uh, the... uh location of all my great high school sports memories. I'm back in my hometown of Pleasant Hill, Oregon. 
which is right by Eugene, Oregon, which is two hours south of Portland, Oregon, because most people only know Portland when they hear Oregon. Yeah, of course. And um, so you're a very funny comedian, actor. Oh, thank you. Uh, great. Uh, you put out a great movie this last year, Derek's Dead. Did you watch it? Uh, fuck yeah, I watched it. You weren't at the screening though, were you? I did a private screening. No, I remember I so I was gonna go to the screening and then I got sick uh right That's beforehand. Right. Yeah. And uh I was very bummed. I wanted to like, check out your screening, but uh yeah. you sent me the link and it's very funny. I was actually I, I was that. just uh, uh I was watching a little bit before our, uh we joined because uh, the last the first time I watched it I was uh, I was pretty stoned. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> and it was very funny, and right, right. It, it holds up as when I'm sober. I'm completely sober oh, okay. right now. It's still it kind very of funny. funny. Yeah. <laughs> so what? Uh, anything going on with Derek Stead right now? Is it going to go to any film festivals or anything? Oh, dude, we're we're striking out left and right. We're like oh for twelve so far. But um, fingers crossed. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll still get into some. We got uh, some some uh, festival emailed me because they had heard about it and they wanted to consider it for there. So that was cool. That the yeah. Festival reached out directly. And then we'd have a, an offer from a distributor, which is cool, but we're waiting to see if anything else comes comes through. Anybody can beat them or we can kind of get them pitted against each other. Yeah. Can't, I you mean, can't go with the first offer. You got to you gotta act cool and not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yet. I mean, I say I never take the first offer, but I almost always do because I'm weak, but I'm glad to hear that you are locking it down you're waiting for more offers oh i was ready to trust me i'm just as weak but i have producers involved and they were like this is this offer's bad let's wait and i was like oh okay yeah that's what i thought too i totally was gonna say the same thing that's, that's exactly <laughs> what i was gonna say um, yeah so um i mean and you know not to look on the bright side of COVID 19 but mm -hmm. i would imagine there's not a lot of productions that are able to finish yeah. Depending on how long this goes for, more and more streaming services might need more and more content. You yeah. might be looking at some better offers coming up. This is, hey, this is the best thing that could have happened to me as a filmmaker because uh, by, you know, by next year, it'll be on Netflix if this thing carries on longer. So yeah, well, I'm I mean, rooting for, I'm rooting for COVID. I'm a big COVID fan. Yeah. Now I know for a fact that a lot of uh, Netflix uh, power brokers listen to this podcast. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of, a lot of big uh, NBA gamblers are also big, you know, yeah. big executives. So I'm sure they're executives. listening. I'm telling yeah. you, uh, hit up Kurt Neal. Check Absolutely. out. Uh, you can't check out the movie because uh, it's not online yet. But uh, you know, I'll send I'm you sure he'll link. send you as yeah, he'll send you a link if you're really interested. Yeah, I would totally buy that. All the most important people in Hollywood are listening to your podcast right now. Yeah, they need stuff to do. They yeah. they can't they can't go to the <laughs> office. They they got they they need something to do to ignore their wife and kids. So they're listening to this. So, um, but uh, I did not I did not have Kurt on to talk about uh, his 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 comedy and <laughs> film career. I, I had him on to first, you, you are a star, a star athlete. Uh, you, yeah. you put, you put a, a video on Twitter recently talking about, uh, you know, a bit of a, like a confessions of a former high school athlete type of thing. Uh, what's up everybody. Shout out to the world. Hey, yo, what up the world? Shout out world. Yeah. Shout out to the world. What up? Thanks for tuning into the very first episode of the Kurt Locker. As you can see, I am most certainly your host, Kurt. Shout out. Speaking of a locker, it's not a locker, it's a closet. Shout out closets. Um, more specifically than that, this is the closet in my room at my parents' house, which is where I currently live. Shout out to my parents. Um, today, in the very first episode, the premiere episode of Kurt's Locker, I would like to shock you, the world, and announce that I was actually a jock. 
in high school, which you can see here represented by my high school football jersey, also represented by my high school letter man's jacket, which I only wore three total times because it, it I mean, it says cunt. Dude, well, like I said, I'm in this tiny town in Pleasant Hill, Oregon, and we are like, we're not even a real town. We're an unincorporated community. So like, it was just like enough people in a huge area to need a school district. So that's the only reason we had a school out here anyways, but we're all living on like acres with nothing to do, nowhere to go. So all we had to do as kids was just play sports. So like, that's all we ever did. All I ever did as a kid, any free time, any time I had to like hang out with my buddies, we just played games. Even if we had to make something up, like there's a tree, let's throw some rocks at it. Like who can hit it first? Yeah. So my whole life was sports. And then as we actually started getting older and playing real competitive sports, it turned out everyone in my age was like good. So we were good at sports from the get go. Like I have, I'm wearing my Letterman's jacket right now, which yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, no, I will. I, I am going to show this online. So uh, as you can see, Kurt, maybe it's backwards, but Kurt in cursive looks a hell of a lot like cunt. So yeah. um, I could, I only wore this about two or three times, and it cost my parents like three hundred and eighty-five dollars. Total waste of money. Um, but I could. Have the, you had no idea it was going to look. Uh, like that in cursive. I never, I guess I never thought about it or maybe we just picked, the, I don't know if you picked the kind of cursive or what, but like that is an especially N-shaped R. That really like does they, look like cunt. And they could have um, tried a lot harder. When you, um, when you wore it, did people immediately make fun of you? Oh yeah, of course. It was a bunch of like 17 and 18 year old boys. Like that's the only thing they could talk about. So I never could wear it. It's also like 10 sizes too big right now. So I don't know. It was a total waste. Well, but, it was back in a time where everybody wore their clothes much larger than that's true. Yeah, we were all wearing big ass Jinko jeans and shit. Um, but uh, yeah, we just like when we started playing real competitive sports, we realized we were all really good. So like as early as, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh grade, we're like, oh, let's keep trying since we're already good. Let's just keep getting better. I've got other jackets. That's why I brought up the Letterman's jacket. I've got three other jackets. One's from like like winning football championship in fourth grade one's from winning a basketball championship in fifth grade one's from winning a baseball championship in seventh grade i pulled out all my medals i'll show you those later well here's the football check this out i got a trophy this is my football trophy from what does it say 1993 pleasant hill triple a kids wow. champions kurt neal they spelled my name wrong happens all the time um we got to play at Autzen stadium where the oregon ducks play in fourth grade, we played flag football in a proper college stadium. That was like the coolest thing I've ever done. I caught a touchdown. Um, what was uh, what was the coolest thing that ever happened to you as a uh, high school athlete? In high school, we um, were really fucking good. By then, we we lost. Here, let me show you. We lost back to back state championships. <laughs> we lost the championship game two years in a row in Oregon Class Three A. Second, second. Um, wow, and uh, it was really fun because we were so good, but we never won the championship, so it didn't matter. Um, but the first year, we lost to the same high school, too. We lost to Scapoose High School both years. And any real deep dive. So you kind of like uh, the Carl Malone, like you were yeah. really good, but you never uh, won a championship. Dan Marino or somebody. Um, but uh, any uh, serious college football heads out there, the quarterback of Skipoos High School in 2000, the first year we lost, was one Derek Anderson, uh, maybe still current NFL quarterback. He nope. was in the NFL for years. He, he was, but uh, I believe he's retired. He's probably done. He's old. Yeah. Um, 
That's a lot. I, he was a backup for Carolina last time. I can't remember. Forever. And then he had one really good season with the Browns. He won 10 games for Cleveland, I think. Yeah. Like he was a Cardinals quarterback for a minute and sucked. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, he's bad. But he was really good in high school, and he called me a bitch in the game. Um, oh, wow. Which was funny. I was like, I was always a really friendly guy. Like, I talked a lot, but it was all, like, small talk in football. It was yeah. a lot of, like, what's up, what's up, man? How you doing? Like, this is a good game. Oh, cool. The crowd's pretty into it. Like, just, like, chit-chat. Yeah. And I played offense and defense, two-way starter. Thank you very much. No way deal. Uh, no big deal. No big deal. Not at all. And the guy on the other team that was also a two-way starter, like, he played – we basically played against each other the entire game. Like, I was a tight end on offense, and he was a defensive end on defense. And then on offense, he was a receiver. And on defense, I was a cornerback. So we like just played against each other the entire game. And one play, he was especially like, like mean. <laughs> he was like hitting me in the head and like uppercutting <laughs> me and stuff and like hitting me in the ribs. And I was like, what the fuck, man? So we like, after the play was over, he was walking past me. And I was like, I wasn't even trying to start a fight. I was like, what's up, man? What's going on? I thought we were cool. Why yeah. were you doing that? That hurt. I was being like a little baby about it, but I had my hands out like I was ready to like fight him. Yeah. But I was really going like, what's up, man? Are you okay? Let's talk about it. <laughs> and as, as he walked past me, he just ignored me and just walked right by me. And I turned with him. And as I turned following him, uh, Derek Anderson was standing right there staring at me. And I immediately cowered. And I was like, that guy was being crazy. I was telling him to calm down or whatever. And then Derek Anderson says, uh, you calm down, bitch. And oh, wow. I and I didn't say anything. I didn't say a <laughs> damn thing. I just said, okay. And I, I walked back to my huddle because I was a little baby. I didn't like confrontation, which is odd for a football player. I didn't like contact. Um, I just wanted to catch the ball and run. Yeah. Which, okay. which I got to do two or three times a game. So I guess that's why you didn't continue your, uh, your uh, football career. I wanted to, man. I wanted to play football so bad. Football was my real love. And I was pretty good. And I consist I'm one of those guys who like consistently year after year, up until like maybe tops two or three years ago, I felt like I got like better at football every year as I like past high school. Like I was a stud in intramural flag football in college. And then I found a pickup game in LA with a bunch of like loser comedians like myself. And like, oh God, I just dominated. And I'm like, man, I'm good. I should have stuck it out. I should have like walked on in college. I'm like, I think I'm better than I was in high school. Maybe I like grew into my body after high school. Of course, <laughs> I just was playing against nobodies. I was playing against all my friends. We were all like out of shape and alcoholics and smoking cigarettes and shit. So how, how have you been uh, keeping your body tight as an athlete in this, uh, in the quarantine times? Dude, I'm doing better than ever. I'm like the fittest I've been since high school. I'm down to like 176 pounds. Yeah, uh, my plane weight was like 175 at football, but I've uh, I've literally just been like working out. I've been doing the elliptical. My parents have an elliptical in the game room. I've been doing that in the mornings, <laughs> and then my dad still gets. My dad lost a bunch of weight years ago doing Nutrisystem. You know Nutrisystem. Yeah, I've heard of it. They used to advertise it on ESPN all the time with like Dan Marino and all these guys. Yeah, <laughs> and my dad literally said, "Hey, if it's good enough for Dan Marino, it's good enough for me." Yeah. So he got on the Nutrisystem and he lost a bunch of weight and he still uses these bars. They're like lunch replacement bars. Um, so I just started eating those two and making them order twice as often because <laughs> I just split them with him. And then I just, you know, I just keeping it tight, man. Freaking, I do. I do 10 pushups every uh, nine minutes and uh, I just chug creatine all day and I get buff. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I 
and people you know people like to uh you see a lot of fun videos of people like euro stepping their girlfriends or their wives or whatever in their yeah. house i i just box out i box out and i post up this is on my mom and dad i just like box out my dad and i post up on my mom and i just body him up and i think that's a better <laughs> i think that's a better workout in the long run than the euro step moves because you can get that kind of work in whenever um so so you're going around like bodying out and intimidating your parents in your house yeah you got it well they're they're, they're bodies their bodies they're, they're like they're, they're cool to like things. let you live with them and 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 you're you're pushing them around yeah yeah because they don't like the the body the pushing around part they're no. they're cool to let me live with them but they don't like that i i use them as like my post-game practice <laughs> but that's what they get if, if i'm gonna be here i'm gonna have to work on my game yeah that's what you gotta do that's what you gotta do in these desperate times exactly uh being in a small town you must have been playing uh, a lot of horse did you play horse well we played horse plenty and i will say this i was the leader i i claim leadership i don't know if my friends would agree i was the leader of the like f like fan section crazies like the school section crazy kids mm -hmm. um student section crazy kids at the basketball games because all of our best friends from football and baseball were, were playing basketball yeah and then there was like basically four of us that would get dressed up like crazy like face paint and jerseys i would wear anywhere from like five to six headbands like on my neck and arms and head and shit um and we there was just four of us that would get dressed up and just scream at the other team uh what were some of your techniques give us some of your techniques like your your go-to uh high school crazies uh cheering techniques well our favorite thing to do was we had a our high school baseball coach was also the ad the athletic director and he only had one arm he lost his left <laughs> arm in a logging accident when he was like 20 years old. Jesus. <laughs> and then he just went back to like coaching high school baseball. Um, but he was the AD. So he would always be sitting at the scorer's table opposite us, the court. And we would do and during timeouts. We would just sit down and mimic whatever he was doing, like body movement wise, like crossing his legs. And he would always grab his empty sleeve with his one good hand. Mm -hmm. So we would just mimic any move he did hand to face. You know, chin, hand, chin in the hand. Any move he did, we would just mimic move for move until he would notice us, and then he would, and he would try to not break, and we'd flip him off, and that was it. <laughs> the most and, and, and did you find that that pumped up the basketball team? <laughs> no, um, that was just for us. Oh, another thing. One thing that did pump up the basketball team, though, is we had another guy who coached baseball. He was just like a volunteer. He was an old retired like Korean War vet who had like five strokes in his life, so he could barely speak. Really cool guy. His name was Stanley, um, and he was the guy that would like sweep the floor of dust and dirt and shit, and like during timeouts. Yeah. So we would do that thing. I think it's not uncommon at basketball games. We would do that thing where when he's going, you go like, go, 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 and cheer him on. And then I always got the crowd hyped up because everybody loves Stanley, Stan the man. He always carried little Hershey's nuggets in his pocket of his sweater vest. <laughs> okay. And if, he, and if he saw you, he'd Her be, oh yes, 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 good to like see you. Like little Hershey's kisses, kisses. Basically, yeah, and he'd hand you one if he knew you and he liked you. He'd give you a little chocolate. <laughs> Stan was awesome. He died though. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Did he, he didn't buy. He didn't die while sweeping at a basketball game, did he? <laughs> no, that would have really sucked, man. That would have been a heartbreaking basketball game. But he did. Uh, before he passed away, he donated a bunch of money to the baseball team for a new scoreboard. So it says mm -hmm. his name up on the scoreboard. And I saw him right before he passed away. I was. I went to a high school baseball game. He was there. And the 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 scoreboard had had just gone up, so it was brand new. So he called me over. He said, "Come here, come here, come here, come here." 
pulls out his wallet and he takes out this little card that has like, it's like an invoice basically of how much money it cost him for the scoreboard. So he's just like showing off how much money he donated for this new scoreboard, like breaking it down, like lights, the, the metal, the construction. Um, and I was just, like, okay. just wanted to show you what a baller he was. I think so. It was pretty cool. I was impressed that he was that like, he had that much ego. I didn't realize he had that much ego to him, but I like a little ego. So I was down with it. So, uh, so you, you did read that the, there's the NBA is doing a horse competition, right? Horse. We talked about this. Um, it's going to be Chauncey Billups, Zach Levine, Chris Paul, Paul Pierce, Trey Young, Mike Conley, and then two WNBA players, Tamika Catchings and Allie Quigley. Uh, I felt like you were the perfect person to ask, what's your advice for these players? It's simple. It's like, here's what I think with horse. I think it's really easy to get creative without doing like a near impossible shot. You okay. know what I mean? Some people will try to do like a, like a, you know, a fucking hook shot from the opposite free throw line or something insane, but you can be creative of like, like do 20 push-ups and then shoot a free throw. You know what I mean? Like make it complicated, but still a shot you can make, but still it's hard. You know what I mean? I think that's, you got to thread that needle of like tricky and annoying and like cumbersome. Like I used to do moves. I used to have a uh, live Periscope horse show. If you remember Periscope. Yeah. Um, we, me and my buddies. Eric There's still Adorno, Periscope around. Does it still exist? Oh, yeah. I thought it died. But me and my buddies, also great comedians, Eric Dorian, CJ Toledano, Cornell Reed, you know those guys. We used to play horse on Periscope, called a horse scope, pretty clever name. Um, and I was the worst basketball player of all three by far. But I would get buckets and get points by like just doing like, okay, wrap it around your waist 50 times and then shoot a layup. Like you can so, just, it's, <laughs> so you just would just annoy, you would annoy them into losing annoy them into like losing their focus and like losing their fundamental skills and i think that's a very interesting sneaky way to win and it's also playful and fun and and charming yeah and people, people can have a good laugh at it right and so and people of all skills can that, that evens the playing field exactly just make it annoying make it complicated or you can make it embarrassing make people like take their pants off and take a shot or you know, kiss their friends on the cheek. And I mean, it's ESPN and uh, Disney owns ESPN. So I don't know. Keep underwear on. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Um, <laughs> what, uh, what, what was, was like the farthest distance that you could hit from? Oh, I can hit, I hit a, a full court shot a handful of times in high school. That's what we did. I will say this about high school basketball. We had in Oregon, the youth sports organization is called kid sports i don't know if that's the case in other states but it's called kid sports yeah in oregon so that's what we played all of childhood in any given sport but they also had kid sports leagues for high school age students so i actually played kid sports basketball in high school it was basically just intramurals we're like there's no coaches like i organized everything like i signed up the team i got everybody i like asked all my other friends to play like it was just like running an intramural team in college but we played that in high school and we were terrible. We, I don't think we ever won a game, but <laughs> we would like rent. I don't think we had to pay, but we would like reserve court times at the high school and like elementary school gyms for practice. And we would like get like two hours for practice, but we would just spend all two hours trying to make half full court shots and like playing like, you know, uh, bump or whatever else it's called. Like yeah. Knockout. Bump out, knockout. Um, 
So what's we the, were, what's yeah, the trick? We spent like two hours doing full court shots once, and I, I made one or two. What's the trick to making a full court shot or half well, court shot? I said full court shot, half court shot. I, I think the trick is you got to kind of throw it like a baseball or football, which I was good at. I was a pretty good high school pitcher. So I had the motion already. And then from there, it's hard to throw a basketball super straight. So I think you almost have to throw it like a curveball. Like that's mm-hmm. when I would really have it down, I would throw it like a baseball and I would, I would, I would aim left of the rim. I'm left-handed. So I would aim wide. Like I was going to, go to the side of my throwing arm and then it hooks in. You got to let it hook in and just, and then just swish right away. It's tough. All right. Well, yeah. Okay. So for that's, a, that'd be a killer uh, horse move if you could actually pull that off. But those guys like Trey Young, especially, I bet they can just, you know, two hand, like flick it up like Steph and make those full court shots. Yeah. My money's on Trey, by the way. Yeah. I, Trey feels like the one that will take this the most seriously. I bet Trey or Chauncey. I bet someone like an old timer like Chauncey. I bet he's got some tricks up his sleeve. Okay, now for a quick break, and we'll be right back with my conversation with Kurt. Vegas is closed. For the first time, Vegas casinos are all closed. But you know what casino is open 24-7 and accessible from the comfort of your home? That's right, mybookie.ag casino. They're even running a free $10,000 Blackjack Madness tournament. You can bet on DGen Madness games at mybookie.ag as well, including live lines. They've got the fastest payouts, best promotions, and very helpful 24-7 customer service team. If you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code SGP to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code SGP to get your extra cash from MyBookie. Bet, win, and get paid. Living in Eugene, do... Does that make you a Trailblazers fan as well? Yeah, yeah. I definitely have always, basically always been a Trailblazers fan. As kids, it was great. Because when I was a little kid, that was Drexler and Terry Porter and Kevin Duckworth and Buck Buck Williams, Cliff Robinson. Uh, So those years was awesome. And they actually had, there was these things. Dairy Queen is also huge in Oregon. There's like Dairy Queens in every town. Uh, But they're like full sit-down restaurants. Yeah. Um, And they released, they had these like novelty glasses like full big glasses with like caricatures of each player with like them playing basketball and like i think they even had little bios on there at least like height and weight and stuff like that so there was like eight so it was like a basketball there. card but on a glass yeah yeah and they were really cool artwork and like there was at least like the starting five um so you could collect all those so that became a thing of like everyone had those especially once you got into like college like well beyond those years like if you had that if you still have some trailblazer glasses like you were a cool guy like oh yeah okay, you it. it was like it was a collector's item it was really sick um so now yeah. when i mean that team is known for uh i mean clyde drexler at least was known for going toe-to-toe with michael jordan seeming like he was as good as jordan i mean in hindsight we know that's not true jordan totally like seemed to kill his confidence after just destroying him did you feel that yeah. as a kid i didn't because i wasn't smart enough to understand that kind of stuff it was just <laughs> like fun like i didn't have a full grasp of like that kind of the kind of competitiveness and um kind of that one-on-one like star versus star like that kind of stuff didn't register me as a kid like sports were just fun yeah which i prefer like if i had like had kind of that 
awareness as a kid, I think I would have turned into like a really bitter guy, especially about <laughs> sports. Yeah. Like I'd much rather uh, enjoy the experience I had where it was just fucking fun and they were cool. And like Terry Porter was always my guy. Like I liked, cause Trexler was like the guy. So I, I thought it was cool to like pick kind of the secondary guy as my favorite guy. Yeah. I think that's always kind of been like my vibe. Um, but yeah, I never liked to like root for like the top guy either. Right, you gotta pick the other guy, except for now with Lillard. Like, how can Lillard not be your favorite Blazer? Like, I'm not like CJ is obviously sick, but like, I'm not gonna say CJ's my favorite Blazer. Come on. You uh, you know, I would say my, I mean, my favorite Blazer is probably Nurkic. Yeah, Nurkic is fucking sick. His like whole attitude and like every like as much as it's been uh, shitty and as much as it sucked that he's been on the bench all year for the actual record. Yeah, like just watching him on the bench and watching his fits and like him hanging out with Collins and like goofing off with the other guys, he's so fun to watch and he clearly loves being there so much and just has fun in a way that most guys don't and that's yeah. like so relatable and enjoyable and like refreshing to see guys enjoy it that much. Even, yeah. even if they're just on the bench injured, he's like having a blast and I'm like, that's she. That's how everybody should act. What happens next season when he's healthy and you have both Hassan Whiteside and Nurkic? I mean, you got to assume Whiteside's going to take a backseat at least, if not like be gone. I forget what they even do. We even have him through next year. I forget what contract he's. I don't know what the contract is right now. Um, you got to assume he's probably gone, but I'll give him a lot of credit. He's been great this year and he seemed to fit in just fine. He hasn't seemed like a problem. I think he's kind of had a, he put up a lot of, he's put up like really good numbers, but the team was not winning for whatever reason. Yeah. I think, I mean, that's why I say at the very least, he's going to take a backseat to to Nurkic because Nurkic just fits in better. Like his pick and roll stuff with CJ and Dame is insane. And as good as Hassan is down low, especially rebounding, he's got to be, I think he's top five, at least if not like top two or three in rebounds. Uh, um, he's top. Uh, he has the Hassan has the most top. rebounds and most blocks in the league. Yeah, so like, there's no denying that's good and valuable. But in terms of what specifically has worked for the Blazers, it just because you can just look at it, look at how we did last year with Nurk, and look at how we're doing with Whiteside. Like, there's no denying leading the league in rebounds and blocks is awesome, but it's not contributing to a better record. Yeah, and, and we have a worse record. So. It's, you know, you got to assume that's one of the main factors, although there's all sorts of other stuff like Dame. Everybody's been hurt. Rodney Hood's been out for almost the entire season. Collins being out is huge, too. So it's been a lot of change. And then even more so, not enough people are talking about losing Amino and Harkless. Those two guys were huge. Amino was just a glue guy, even though he's a nut job. He's like all over the place. Uh, Like, I don't even trust the guy, but he was fun to have. And then Harkless is like just a gamer. Harkless. Yeah. I just, I, I think it really showed how important those guys were this season yeah. when they don't have them. Um, replaced. Yeah. Do you guys get, I was curious. Okay. So um, down in your area, do you get like local uh, Portland commercials? Like, do you get the kind of mm-hmm. bad local commercial with the uh, local celebrity? Like will the, bla- will the trailblazers do uh, like bad, like car commercials or anything? There was, there totally was. I'm trying to remember specific ones, but I, I definitely remember some of those guys showing up. I think Arvidas got some because Arvidas was so huge. Um, I want to say Buckworth, either either Buckworth or Buck Williams had some spots going. I can't remember anything specific, but I know that they existed. They definitely existed. And I'll say this, in term, right now, your boy Courtney 
had a local commercial. What? Um, during sports games, they had the Oregon Lottery put out their own sports betting app called Scoreboard uh, just this year. Yeah. And I, I booked a commercial in Portland. Hell for yeah. That. And it happened like within like the first month or two of moving back to Oregon. So to book a commercial that all my high school friends were going to see in the first two months was a, a great win for me. So I, like, I made the right call. Did you feel yeah, like you right? made the right call? It's like is the best it, thing I could have done for my acting career. <laughs> is the is the commercial online? Yeah, yeah. You can find like, uh, what's it called? Like, it's just like Oregon Lottery Scoreboard. And then it's called like That Feeling or something like that. And now for another quick break, just to remind you about D-Gen Madness. Please check it out on our website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. We're giving away $3,000 in our virtual NCAA tournament where this is a we're simulating March Madness games yeah I know a lot of you are like where's March Madness we have it okay the games are all simulated on NBA 2k and stream live with SGP commentary there's game lines and live lines on mybookie.ag you can bet on the total points whether it's odd or even parlays are available we're getting into the final teams so make sure you Log on and watch sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash contest. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash contest. So you also follow the Oregon Ducks women's team very closely. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Uh, talk about, uh, you, you, went, you said you went to a few games this year. Like, tell me about that. Yeah, it's been great. Like, it's been the last like two or three years at least that I've started to pay more attention to the WNBA because I think it's just getting more fun. Yeah, um, I know a lot of dudes, especially sports fans, especially dudes commenting on like Bleacher Report Instagram posts. Like, there's still a bunch of dudes that think women's sports and women's basketball is fucking dumb and lame. I'm not going to argue that it's like not as exciting as men's basketball. Obviously, it's a little slower. Obviously, they can't dunk. Like, there's differences, but it's just been getting really fun to me. They are getting like they're still. I think there's an obvious difference between the women's game now versus just like 10 years ago, if yeah. not the start of the WNBA and the personalities have gotten so much bigger and more fun. I think the players themselves are so much more interesting and fun to watch and likable and things like bleacher report and house of highlights and especially BR kicks have made that has, have been a big part of that. Like Sue birds, like a sneaker, like a sneaker hero. And like, mm. she's sick. Her game's awesome. Like she's an amazing passer um same for this one of my favorite players is uh diamond to shields with the chicago team she's like making these behind the back passes all the time and another thing that's cool about it i don't know if this is weird or misogynistic they're all like hot so it's like fun to follow the game and like have crushes on some of the players i think that's a, should be a cool celebrated part of the WNBA, and they're all leaning into it too there's a lot of WNBA stars that are like like i don't think cool hot pictures and posting them i'm like hell yeah i got a great body check it out and it's like yeah fuck yeah like be stars and like be hot and celebrate it and have fun and it's tight it's really cool right now i don't think it's misogynistic to say because if you truly enjoy the game like if if a woman says i like watching such and such nba star and i think he's hot also no, he's hot yeah <laughs> nobody thinks like oh you're being you're, you know you're sexualizing yeah. him and it's yeah. like it's okay to be attracted to someone you yeah. also like to watch playing sports and then another thing that's been great about it and who knows how this is probably a pretty conscious intentional effort by the leagues but you're seeing a lot of nba guys courtside at WNBA games and hanging out with women's basketball players 
And whether or not they're almost contractually obligated to do that, it's still great for the game and it makes it more exciting and it makes them feel special and more important and more passionate about what they're doing. It makes them feel like people are more engaged with what they're doing. And it just builds the game because once you see LeBron sitting courtside having fun with like a Sue Bird, you go, okay, wait, shit, maybe I should tune into a Seattle Storm game. Um, and you just it's just going to bring in more viewers if the NBA guys are celebrating it. And then that was the same thing with my new favorite basketball player in the world, Sabrina Ionescu with the Oregon Ducks. Yeah. Uh, that's right by where I live, like you were saying, Eugene. And give me, like, I don't really yeah. know much about her. Give me, like, an NBA player comp for whore. What would be, like, the, a comparable player to her game? I mean, honestly, probably Russell Westbrook. She has by far the record for most triple doubles in college basketball, men or women. She ended up with. 20 some odd 25 26 triple doubles in her career wow. the next the next most triple doubles in college basketball men or women i think is like nine <laughs> like not many like so she destroyed the men's and women's record for triple doubles and she's the she's one of the most intense players i've ever seen men or women like she gets fucking hyped like she gets jacked up if she hits a big shot she gets jacked up if her teammate does something cool she gets she i've seen her getting players faces She's like really intense on defense. Like you watch her play and she's almost, like, she's almost bad for the game because she makes the other players look not good. And it sounds like, I mean, that does sound like a good Russell Westbrook copy. Is she crazy athletic? Yeah, absolutely. She's like, she's blowing by people. She's like, she doesn't even look that much faster than everybody half the time. Like Westbrook, Westbrook just like blows by people and makes it look like people are in quicksand. So she doesn't yeah. necessarily have that much difference in speed. But at the same time, she just like, starts going and before you know it she's passed like four people and she's finishing at the rim with someone on her like she just got a body control thing that i don't think i've seen from any other female basketball player like we've seen stars like a diana tarasi is amazing like she was a mm -hmm. huge thing because she could like just she handles and she could shoot and then you've seen like you know like a like a britney griner who's blocking people like crazy and dunking more than anybody else has and like okay that's special but i don't think i've ever seen someone with the kind of like athleticism and body control that Sabrina has. Cause like there'll be other times, I think the big thing about her triple doubles is the rebounds. Cause there'll be other times where like, and this is one of the examples of me talking where she's making all the other players look like amateurs. Cause there'll yeah. be like, there'll be like four or five people standing around waiting for a rebound and she just gets between them and just fucking takes it. And she's five ten. She's not big. I don't think maybe she's even shorter than five ten, but she's not big. And she, it, I, I can't imagine she can really out jump anyone, but she just knows how to use her body and she just works harder. And a lot of times like players like that are, you, you see a real difference when you actually see them live. Was she yeah. like, like more, is it more exciting to see her live or Absolutely. does it come across on T like, do you see like a real difference in the eye test? You can see it on TV for sure. But live, it's just, it's insane. And that's what I'm saying. Cause I went to, me and my dad have been going basically my dad similar to me has been getting into WNBA and women's college basketball a lot over the last four or five years and then it just worked out perfectly that sabrina was here at the u of o the last four years so we went to three games this year and i went to one with my mom so i went to four games and seeing her live it's crazy and that's when you can see how much better she is than everybody else like there's two other players on the oregon team that are probably going to go in the top five of the draft. We're probably going to have three players in the top five of WNBA draft 
And even the two of them look like sloppy and yeah. like not in control compared to Sabrina. She's just got an extra degree of yeah, body control and, and physicality and hand-eye coordination and even like foot-eye coordination. Like she's just so much more in control than anyone else in the court that just makes it look like, yeah, it looks like she's playing against kids like half her age. She's just like killing them. And it's right. the best. And, and she's like, everybody knows that she's going to be the number one overall pick. Like there's no question in anybody's mind. Not that I know of. It seems pretty consensus that she's going number one and that's the New York Liberty. So that'll yeah. be cool. Uh, they have actually a really cool, they've started to do a thing. I think it's only been in the last five or six years. WNBA teams are getting their own arenas and they're intentionally smaller. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a cool idea because one of the d- big downfalls, I think for the WNBA is if you put them in the big arenas, you can see those empty seats because they still won't have a big enough fan base. And I think that bums people out, especially new viewers. are like, oh, God, nobody's there. This is weird. Yeah. But if you, if you start with those smaller arenas and you can just have a fun environment with a packed enough house, I think that'll help build, build the game, build the audience, build the excitement, build the energy behind it all. So the New York Liberty especially have a really cool arena of their own. And now for our last quick break and we'll be right back. I know a lot of you have a lot of long days right now thinking about where your life went and what you'd probably like to do when you come back from all this pandemic quarantining. Have you ever thought about starting your own sports book? Yeah, that would be a great idea for something for you to do, right? Okay, so I bet you don't know how. Well, Ace Per Head is here to help you start your own sports book. They'll provide you with all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to the second and wagers graded immediately. They have top-notch customer support going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace Per Head offers live betting and an amazing mobile experience. Get started today and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. That's six weeks free. Just go to aceperhead.com SGP. That's aceperhead.com SGP. We've gone for a good amount of time. You got anything else like uh, you want to talk about or we can talk I, about my uh, my baseball dominance with your boys at the uh, Corden show. Yeah. 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 So um, uh, you have a, a rec league baseball team that uh, you play on with a couple of guys that uh, I work with uh, Adam Abramson and Tyler White. Uh, shout mm-hmm. out to those guys. Shout, um, out Adam. shout out Tyler. And uh uh, when I was working in the same office with them, uh, they would come back after games. They, you guys would usually play on Sunday, and they'd come in on Monday, and the, they'd have uh, such tales of your, of uh, just not only your physical acumen, but also just your dugout antics. <laughs> um, so, what kind, what, what kind of a, what kind of baseball player are you? Uh, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good now, especially it's the same thing. Actually, like I was saying with football, like I feel like I'm legitimately a better baseball player at 36 uh, than I was at like 18 when I'd been playing my whole life. Uh, but again, I'm playing against a bunch of other 30 and 40 year olds that are way past their prime. So maybe that helps me feel special. But um, I think there who's was a your major of- league comp? Like what player are you like? Otani, Shohei Otani, man. Because I, I was our, I was probably, I, Tyler might disagree because Tyler was a pretty good pitcher, but I think I was our best pitcher. Oh, um, and I'm I was pretty sure that Tyler believed he was the best pitcher. So just. He FYI. throws harder, but he doesn't have as much control as me. And he beams guys all the time. He, <laughs> walks, he walks too many guys. Um, but uh, yeah, I was, I think our best pitcher and I was easily our best hitter. I was easily our best hitter. I hit, I was just talking to Tyler about this because I hit, 
I started to do a thing. Uh, a friend of mine was on the team for just a minute and he would always record a video of me before the game where he would ask for predictions. And every time I would say, I'm going to hit two home runs. I'm going to hit two home runs today. And then every time I predicted I would hit two home runs, I would hit one home run, which like sounds like a failure, but I'm also hitting, I hit three games in a row. I predicted two home runs and I hit one home run. So I yeah. hit a home run three games in a row. Fourth game, I didn't hit any. Fifth game, I hit two. I actually predicted two and hit two. So I hit five home runs in five games. That was like your Babe Ruth moment. Like you caught it your was, shot. It was the fucking best. And the second one of those two home runs went out the scoreboard. So it like hit this big piece of metal and like almost hit the center fielder. <laughs> like there was a picture someone took of the center fielder, like ducking away from the ball. It was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And after that game, I'm just bragging. And after that game, two kids that were just there at the park that saw me hit my two home runs, they came over and asked for my autograph. I autographed <laughs> I autographed two baseballs because these two kids saw me hit two home runs. They probably thought I was like, an how old were these kids? They were like 10, probably eight or nine or 10. I think they were brother or sister. Um, but it was, it was fucking great. And then is, and is then, that, um, but that was the first autographs you've ever signed. No, no, we were really good in high school football. So we would sign autographs for kids in high school for football. Uh, and then I signed some autographs in college cause I had a, a stupid, comedy show on public access tv <laughs> what was your public access <laughs> tv was funny, what, what was your comedy show called oh god i'm so embarrassed it was called we're not canadian which is just <laughs> the worst but we like that was that era of like super troopers and that kind of comedy like yeah and 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 blame canada from south park bigger longer uncut so like that just the concept of canada and canadians was like a joke for no good reason um so we made that joke, but I'm so embarrassed of it now because I actually love Canada. There's a bunch of awesome comedians that have come out of Canada. Like some of my best friends in LA were Canadians and they're all like the nicest, funniest people in the world. So yeah. Canadians. You just had one, Georgia Brooks on. Um, well, uh, Canadians love gambling too. I've actually, yeah. out of the 30 episodes or so I've done of this show, I think I've had four different Canadians on. So, you know, that's a pretty good, I feel like that's a pretty good ratio. But here's another fun thing about baseball that I had fun with that I think in theory, you know, it should translate to any sport. But the most fun thing about baseball, and this was the case from a kid, I actually have an interview. I got a prep athlete of the week once in high school where the local news channel came and interviewed me. And I said this then, it's still the truth. The thing that makes baseball so much fun is there's so much downtime. There's yeah. so much time in the game where you're not doing anything. And most of that time you're in the dugout with your teammates. So there's so much time to like, be silly and have fun and do like jokey things which is my time to shine because i love doing dumb little pranks so that's what I, a lot of what i would do in the league with adam and tyler i would do things where i would like tell people like i'll give you 10 bucks if you go strike out like right before they're at bat they're walking up to the plate and like hey i'll give you 10 bucks if you strike out strike out i'll give you 10 bucks or i'd call people piece of shit like my own teammates i'm like let's go you piece of shit <laughs> Come on, you dumbass. Uh, and it's just really fun to be silly. It's a really fun sport to be silly in and like make fun of your teammates uh, if they screw up and laugh at each other. Uh, and Tyler and Adam, Adam especially, has plenty of reasons to laugh at. Adam would make a, Adam was my favorite because he would, he was good, but he would make, anytime he made a mistake, he would get so mad at himself. He was <laughs> yeah. by far the biggest perfectionist. So if he like missed a ground ball or made a bad throw or something, he would like beat himself the fuck up. Uh, and it was, Oh, and he would do it 
it wouldn't end on Sunday. He would be yeah. still beating himself up when he would come into the office like the next day or even later in that week. It was funny. I loved it. I loved when he'd screw up because I loved watching him like, God, God damn it, Adam, you idiot. I'm sorry, guys. It's my fault if we lose. Like he'll just immediately, <laughs> immediately he's done forever. But I thought it was so funny. And we, cause we all screwed up. We were all terrible. Like I'd go, I say I'm the best pitcher. The last game I pitched, I probably gave up like 13 runs. <laughs> but I was like, oh, whatever. That was fun. I got a couple strikeouts and I got two pictures of me looking cool on the mound. So I'm, a, I'm good. Um, well, hey, man, thank you so much for joining me. Where can people find you online? Yeah, uh, uh, Instagram and Twitter. I'm Kurt Neal, at Kurt Neal, C-U-R-T-N-E-I-L-L. Don't forget that second L. Got some videos out there. I got some short films. And then, yeah, keep an eye out for my film, Derek's Dead. It's not available anywhere publicly yet, but um, if you DM me on any of the socials, I'll just send you a link. I don't care, man. Uh, Just don't tell any of the festivals I did it, okay? Yeah, that's how he rolls. All right, well, thanks so much, Kurt. Thanks for having me, Ryan.
For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.